All right, let's jump into Philippians chapter 4. No middle school today. Our youth are on retreat. They'll be coming back at 1215 today. We're uh, excited what God's been doing with our teenagers and our youth staff during this time. You may may have remembered this trend. You may see it occasionally. Uh, Athletes will do something. They may put on their towel the scripture Philippians 4.13 or write Philippians 4.13 on their shoes or give some type of sticker or symbol associated with athletics or associated even with music. Uh, It's a very familiar scripture I want to share with you today, but you're going to see it in a completely different way as you see the context of it. Uh, The title of my message is this, I can do all things. I can do all things. Isn't that a great thought? I can do anything I want to, but we know that we're always submitted to the purposes and the will of God. This scripture is so familiar probably in the King James Version because it says it this way, I can do all things through Christ. You can put that on the screen there, the King James Version. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens, strengtheneth, that's a King James way to say it, me. I can do all things. And so you can see why this can be treated like a good luck charm or something of that nature. Like, hey, anything I want to do, I can do because Christ gives me strength. Well, I want us to look at the context of that and even see a version of scripture, a translation that's a little more accurate. And I, I know that in the next few minutes, Your faith is going to be strengthened and God is going to be there to touch the need in your life. Let's start with verse 10. After I read this, I'll present this as the word of the Lord. And if you choose, you can say, thanks be to God. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed concern, you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now we come to the key verse, verse 13, and you'll see it translated a little differently. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for sure. Hey, you've done this before where you've had to stop at the store to get that one item you need. And you're very strategic at that time. There's no eye contact with anyone else. You go straight to the section of the store. You know that one item is at. You get that item and you're already scouting out the shortest line. There's this kind of frantic, busy approach to purchasing that one item. And when that happens, when that happens, there's a sense of stress on us. There's a hurry on us. There, we're, we're sometimes timing things on our own. We want to get in. We want to get out. So that happened a lot for me when we were raising our kids. There was a lot of stopping at the Glenbrook Kroger to get that one item that we needed for dinner that night. And so that, that's an experience we've all had. But have you ever thought about when you shop on vacation? Okay, when you go shopping on vacation and you're, you're filling up an afternoon 
browsing and you're, you're just looking at an antique store or one of those boutiques or one of those tourist traps, whatever they are, and, and you're just kind of taking your time. You're not in a hurry at all. There's nowhere to go. There's no schedule. There's nowhere to be. You can just see what all the store offers. And then it becomes very relational too. Because I've noticed this when we've traveled to parts of the country where there's probably an incorrect reputation. All the people are mean there. They're grumpy there. And so me and my wife, we will say after these shopping experiences, man, the people are so nice. They probably want our money, but they still are so nice anyway. And not just the, the, those who own the stores, you know, the people you interact with. And I don't think it's probably the disposition of the person as much as it is our perspective. You know, we're not in such a hurry. We're relaxed. We're not in this need to get that one item. We're just content with the process. We're content with the experience. When we learn about Philippians 4.13, here's my first observation today. I want you to see this, that I live out of contentment, not need. This is one of the goals of our faith, our, the goals of our sanctification, that we, we want to be people who aren't always living in need, always in this pace of, I got to get, I got to get, I have to obtain. But this sense of contentment that just like if we're going to use the, the shopping experience as a metaphor here, we're, we're, not, we're not unrelational because we don't have time to stop and talk with someone. We're taking our time. We're content. We're enjoying the process. We're enjoying the experience we're, we're not living out of need. We're living out of contentment. We have an economic system that is built on our neediness. I need a new car. I need a new phone because the computer phone I hold in my hand is version 13, and now there's version 16, and I need it, right? Uh, I need new dish towels to match my new cabinets in anticipation of my new tile, right? Now the dish towels just won't dry my hands like they used to. I need new dish towels. See, improvement can be good, and improvement can glorify God. So I know a lot of you use your kitchen and your homes to continue to improve and glorify God, and that is an art in itself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where we have this uh, feeling of discontentment and this, this feeling of artificial need that we won't be satisfied unless we obtain or we get and we're living in comparison. And this is not the type of life Christ wants us to have. This is not the type of life that's healthy for us, good for us, enjoyable for us, or the will of God. And it's not just about stuff either. Because beyond needing stuff, that's easy. But we need new experiences. So we erroneously think sometimes, I need a new job. When God wants us to excel in the job we have. I need a new church. I need a new thrill. I need a new, new experience. I need a, a new spouse. These types of thoughts become strongholds in our lives. And they, they are birthed out of the soil of discontentment. See, Philippians 4.13 is not about you getting what you want because you can do anything you want in the name of Christ. It's appreciating what you have and living in the contentment of Christ. The author Tish Harrison Warren, she has a quote that, man, I've read, I read a few times a year because it helps me a lot. 
I want to read it now if you want to put it on the screen. This is what I need now. The courage to face an ordinary day without despair. The bravery it takes, look at this, to believe that a small life is still a meaningful life. And the grace to know that even when I've done nothing that is powerful or bold or even interesting, that the Lord notices me and is fond of me. And that is enough. Wow, that's a courageous, powerful way to see the world. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 gives us some wisdom. And this is one of those scriptures that is, is kind of a guiding, a guiding principle or a thought. Two things I ask of you. Don't deny them before I die. Keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise, I might have too much and deny you, saying, who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and still profaning the name of my God. That's a, that's a tough scripture. Sometimes I read that scripture. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't like that scripture because I like the rich part, not the poor part. How many know that wealth is relative too, right? So there, there's, there's lots of people who would think that I'm poor and poor, that poor guy, Aaron Allison, how does he scrape by with his resources? And there's other people who couldn't imagine how many resources I have. So this is not the class warfare that we get in the world. This is a perspective that says, as a believer, Lord, let my contentment be in you. Let, let, my, let, let what I have access to be enough. Let me... Let me live out of contentment and not need. I want to say this. God does not want us to be needy people. I want want you to hear that. Our dependence should be on him and he is enough and we have access to him all the time. And I know that that's, that's an aspirational goal and that's okay to have aspirational goals so we can move towards him and what he has for our life. With the recent passing of Queen Elizabeth, there's been a lot of reflection on her life. And something about her for staying on a positive evaluation. During war and peace, popularity and disdain, cultural shifts and new paradigms, she remained consistent in her leadership. So this is a a certain aura she had about her, certain traditions that she would uphold even when they were unpopular and that was more her leadership style and that's what she felt like she had to do and so in the end the the monarchy has been preserved and as a general principle I see there that consistency breeds longevity so if you if you want to have a long-term marriage if you want to be a long-term church member if you want to have a long employment career if you want to be a a parent all the way through because parenting doesn't stop when your child reaches 18. Becoming a consistent person produces longevity. Here's number two. Philippians 4.13 teaches us that I am consistent in a variety of circumstances. I'm going to be consistent. I'm not going to be moved by circumstances because I have a center and that is Jesus Christ. My life is based off him. Relationships come and go. Circumstances change. The, the, the era of my life will, will move and go through different eras and different, different time periods, 
But Jesus is the constant. And Jesus is the center. Look at verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Boy, that's good. Think about this. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So we see here in the context, not the good luck charm like it's been in our past. I can do all things through Christ. Not like I'm creating my reality, but I'm making the choice of who I'm going to be because Christ has to support me. That's not what the scripture is saying. It's saying that in any circumstance, the good times, the bad times, the hard times, the times when opportunity are there, I can be content in Christ. I, I can be content in him. He can be my everything. He can be my all in all. This is maturing in the faith. That's why we all have places to grow. We all have ways our hearts can grow. And I love it when I meet believers, and I want to be this person too, that they just feel at home with Christ. You know, they just feel, feel like, you know, Jesus is, Jesus, I'm, at, I'm comfortable with Jesus. I'm at home with him. This is not something I'm doing as much as it is who I am. And so it is that none of us wants bad circumstances. I don't want bad circumstances for you. I don't want bad things to happen. I'm not looking for bad things to happen. I'm not expecting bad things to happen. No, I, I, want, I want the blessing of the Lord on my life. But I know this is that any circumstance that comes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, I can be at peace. Our gospel readings from Luke chapter 12, verse 22 these are the words of Jesus. He said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, this is going to be convicting to all of us here. Don't worry about your life. Come on. This scripture doesn't really say that, does it? Yeah, it does. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or about the body, what you will wear. And it goes on after that to talk about the ravens and the the flowers of the field and how God takes care of these, the, these parts of nature. And yet we're so much more valuable than the flowers, more valuable than the birds. And so then as he talks, as Jesus teaches about not worrying about food and not worrying about provision, verse 30 says it this way for the Gentiles, Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things. Now, here's the important part. This is the relationship you have with God. Your father knows you need them. Hey, prayer is good and necessary, and God wants us to pray. But we need to pray, but God already knows what we need. You know, when we, you take a need to the Lord, the Lord loves prayer, and prayer is like incense. The book of Revelation lets us know that. It's incense to the Lord. It's important, but he already knows what you need. Here's the, the powerful part of that. Father, he knows what you need when you don't know what you need. Some of you need more time. Some of you need more solitude. Some of you need more, uh, you know, no more, more discipline and, and finances. And so God's not going to give you a check out of nowhere because he knows you're going to blow the check. So he's going to teach you. You know, I've had some times where I'm like, okay, Lord, this has been a financial struggle. You must be wanting to teach me how to manage my money better. 
Because God has the ability to solve your problem, but sometimes he wants to develop your discipline and discipline and in your character. The Father knows what you need. Sometimes you may need a lonely Friday night. Sometimes you may need that because that Father's developing character in you and discipline in you. So many good things from the Lord that comes. But he says this, back to verse 31, but seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. What things? Clothes, food, job opportunities, a community, a relationship. You need those things. I I want you to know this, that I know and God knows you need friends. I know and God knows you need a healthy marriage. I know and God knows that you need the Lord to work in your children. I know this and he knows this. So seek his kingdom. Don't put conditions on the Lord. Lord, you come through for me and I'll come through for you. No, put Jesus first. Seek his kingdom first and watch as you're going after God and you're going after his kingdom. You'll be surprised how many financial, relational, occupational blessings are coming your way and it just comes alongside, but your satisfaction is in Jesus. And so you almost don't notice how blessed you are because you're so in love with Jesus. Guys, this works. This works. And this is the development of our faith. This is what the Lord wants us to have. You know, in the next decade, we're, we're going to be making a slow transition to electric vehicles. Maybe it's a fast transition. We don't really know yet. Electric vehicles, they are quite interesting. I thought they would be like some kind of weak, not powerful, not very fast vehicle. Well, a friend of mine has an electric vehicle, and he got me out on 386. And he said, hey, he said, hold on a second. I'm going to do something. And he like pushed two buttons. And I'm telling you guys, that car took off. And I had, uh, I had the G-force. My head went back against the, the, the chair. And we took off down, uh, down 386. Luckily, um, it was a safe time. And, and he, this, this person had some authority. So he, he knew what he was doing. Um, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was pretty exhilarating. So... Um, Right now, electric cars get about 75 miles uh, you know, per chart, or, or what we would call per gallon. But, of course, they don't use gas. That's not true. Uh, they, they, so, so that's where the future's coming. Now, the, these, cars, these cars have no use without power. So there's a battery within the car that the, the electrical stations will charge. And it's going to take some time to put all those electrical stations in. And right now, you got to watch it. If you have an electrical car, you may get stranded somewhere and not be able to charge. But there, there is as beautiful as some of these cars are becoming. Without any power, there is nothing there. There is no value. Just like, just like if you want to talk about uh, the combustion engine, same thing. Without gasoline, it doesn't matter how complex the machine is. You have to have fuel. You have to have power. Here's my last point today. I can be content and consistent through the strength of the Lord. Come on, you cannot produce contentment by yourself in yourself. You can't produce sustaining contentment through a circumstance. 
So some of you just are looking for your next vacation, for your next point of contentment. Some of you, your happy place is, is, is hearing a certain type of music. And so your next concert is your next place of contentment. Some of you, you just live, you know, for, for a, a certain environment. Or you live maybe for a, a family meal or for a, a time on the back porch. Whatever it is, those things are good and they're the blessings of God, but they're so temporal. They're so temporal. They come and they go. Holidays come and then holidays go. Okay? Sports teams win and then they lose. I'm resisting the urge to go there. (laughs) Right? Experiences are satisfying, then we get bored with them. Jesus makes everything better. He makes everything better. So I can't promise you what the future holds for you, but I know this is that you're going to be okay. You're going to be content, and you're going to have the strength of the Lord. And you're going to be that consistent person that when those who are in your life see you, they can see that you're consistent when times are good and when times are bad. You're consistent when things are going your way and when challenges happen. You're consistent. Why are you consistent? Because of Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all this through him who strengthens me. I can get through that tough semester. I can get through that year of downturn. I can manage that new position and not lose my character or values and not lose who I am. I, I am promotable because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, rem- I remember one time I, I knew a guy that had some talent and and we thought about, man, should we, this was at a whole different context. Should we, we put him in a position at the church? And, and my pastor said, he said, you know, the problem is sometimes when you promote someone, it ruins them because they don't have the character to handle it. Hey, not us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There may be opportunities that, that the Lord hasn't been able to give you because you haven't been promotable. But if you see the power of contentment and the power of consistency, you'll be ready for even the good things that come your way. It won't ruin you. I love this scripture here. Second Corinthians 16, nine. The Lord told us as he was pointing the king of Israel, the king of Judah to him. For the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. God is looking for a woman or a man that he can give strength to. He's looking for someone whose heart is completely his. That's why we have services like this and we sing songs together. And we, we gather at the table of the Lord and we go to prayer partners and we meet in small groups. And we, we have conversations around the scripture. We do all of those things. So our hearts will be wholly and fully dedicated to the Lord. To give him everything. And that's the the call that we're receiving today.